if you're waiting for yet another scintillating guest to join us on this program and save it from mediocrity, you'll have to wait another day. What? It's the Bomb Account Podcast with uh, yours truly and John Shannon, and we have no guest today. Well, I, I just thought you wanted to chat. I just thought you wanted to chat. You didn't have to say that twice. You didn't have to say that twice. I heard you the first time. I heard you the first time. You have a habit of doing that. Do you know that? Do you realize you do I know. that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know Just... the way you are? Don't be that way. <laughs> well, hold on. Pot, pot, pot calling kettle black. <laughs> well, I'd rather be a pot than a kettle. That's a good question, Bob. Maybe we should put that out on Twitter. Would you rather be a pot? Or a kettle. Well, you can make more money with pots than you can with kettle. Well, I'll tell you what, the new kettles are pretty fancy, though. So pretty, pretty, pretty fancy. Do you have a kettle? Indeed. Is it a an electric kettle or a, a put it on the stove kettle? Oh, no, electric kettle. Yeah, that's what I got, too. This is, this is how bad... People, it's how bad this show about, is exactly. We're talking right. about kettles, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a, we got a whole bunch oh. of stuff to throw around. I don't know whether any of it's going to stick it uh, to the wall, but I'll throw some things out and we'll see if you say something stupid enough to get me mad and engage me in the conversation. Because yeah. the last 50 thing, minutes, well, the last thing I want to do is just listen to you babble incessantly. And we know you're going to get mad. We know. Well, there's a very good chance. And, and it, but it's not going to happen because I'm generally mad. It's going to happen because you're going to say something stupid and that's going to make me mad. And, and that, and then off we go, which is you know it's going to, ha- to happen because you're generally mad. No, I'm not. Oh yeah. Bob, trust me. I'm not, I'm not generally mad. What are you Today generally? I'm mad, but generally I'm not mad. And five yeah. minutes after we finish this nonsense, I'll be perfectly happy. Uh, we'll commence in uh, but a couple of minutes or maybe generally. less, depending upon the commercial load. Uh, but we'll be back after these messages. McCown and Shannon with you. No guests today. Producers taking the day off, apparently. Yes. I have no particular order in which I wish to discuss things. Um, but I think we should probably put the Super Bowl to sleep. We talked about it yesterday. It's now two days after the Super Bowl. I don't have anything more to say about it. Do you? No, I don't think so. Uh, the, 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 it, it really, in many ways, uh, with the Rams winning, the Rams winning at home, it became a local story, and uh, I'm not sure there was very much hangover from it. Um, you know, it's, uh, the NFL season's done. I, it, it's hard to think that, uh, I mean, it was a good game, and you mentioned it yesterday, how, what a great run it was of seven great playoff games. But it, it, in many ways, you know, how long ago now does the Buffalo-Kansas City game feel? How long ago does the Tampa-Rams game feel? And, and, oh, and that, I mean, they, look at they the, were the I, ultimate. They were the ultimate games. Well, playoffs, I would say they? the Bills-Kansas the Bills Kansas City game was the game. That was the best game of the whole playoffs. Every other game was, was close and yeah. came down to the final few seconds, including the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. I think this Super Bowl will be quickly forgotten. And be, because I did not think it was a particularly exciting or eventful game. It was close. It wound up be, the best part of the game was the last drive. Um, yeah. With, you know, Cooper Cup kind of taken over, becoming a kind of a one man show. Yeah. And proving why he is as good as he is. And I confess, I'd only seen the Rams, I think, once maybe during the regular season. And oh. then in the uh, watched all the playoff games. Boy, this guy is really good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And it, 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 it speaks to one thing, Bob, is it, like he, he went to Eastern Washington 
And it speaks to how much talent there is in college football at every level. Uh, It's not just the big five teams. It's, 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 you know, and there's a lot of kids from Alabama and you, and you, and LSU like Joe Burrow was from, but there's always one of those guys that comes out of Eastern Washington. Yeah. uh, That makes a difference. Well, two things there. Number one, I really don't know enough about his history, but I assume he did not have an opportunity to go to a major college school, um, which means he wasn't considered that good when he came out of high school. Right. Because players aren't missed these days by college recruiters or by pro recruiters for that matter. I mean, sometimes you make mistakes, but you, you don't usually miss on a guy. Um, but then to get the opportunity out of Eastern Washington, is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. Eastern Washington. He, and in, in fact, he, he didn't even say Eastern Washington when the, you know, how they do the introduction. Yeah, yeah. He said, Ewu. <laughs> so he was doing it. He was doing it for the home folk. Eastern Washington, a little town in Washington state called Cheney. And he's from Yakima, Washington. So. Uh, well, uh, that explains maybe why he went there. I, you know, maybe he had opportunities at bigger schools, but I don't think he had an opportunity at like a, a Pac-10 school, Pac-12, Pac-15, however many they have in that conference now. It's like the Big Ten. Yeah, I know. But if so, you're, hey, by the way, if you're if you're if you're the head coach at, uh, although they've changed since he, he he played college football, if you're the head coach at Washington and you're the head coach at Washington State. Aren't you talking to your recruiters and saying, how did we miss this guy? Well, maybe, but I mean, again, this is two dum-dums who didn't see this, knew, know anything about this kid till he got to the National Football League. That's right. That's maybe right. he wasn't that good. Maybe he's a late bloomer. Maybe he, you know, maybe his high school quarterback was crap, couldn't throw the ball. You know, who knows? You know, The one thing, when, he's a late bloomer size-wise, Bob. That's the one thing that everybody has said, because he's, because uh, it's well, amazing could how be many factor, times, yeah. it, it's amazing how many times you you listen to the Rams broadcasts and people always talk about he's deceivingly large, how big he is uh, for his position. So that I, I and then you hear heard the stories that he he was undersized as he went to uh, Eastern Washington. Well, he's the real deal. He impressed me, boy. I'll tell you. By the way, trivia trivia question. Right. Um, Boise State, but but yeah, just my my admiration. Uh, Boise State. Do you know what color the the turf is at Boise State? Blue. Yeah, you know what color the turf is at Eastern Washington? <laughs> Red. Red. Red artificial turf. Yellow. It is the gaudiest. No, that's Idaho. Idaho has yellow too. Oh, uh, but are you uh, serious? I, did I get it right? Red, yeah, red, yeah. No kidding, that was a pure guess. Yeah, yeah. Bo- Boise it is State. The ugly, I knew. It, yeah, Boise State because they they've had uh, they've had pretty good teams and they've they've played some pretty big games there. But but Eastern Washington has bright red artificial turf. Well, no, it wait is a the second. ugliest turf. So you ask me a trivia question out of the blue, no preparation. No, well, that's what and that's I answer. It's a two part question. I answer both parts correctly, and you don't even acknowledge my the fact that I got both of them right. You just, yeah, you just blah 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 blah. Yeah, you know, I did. You got my admiration. You know that all those people who thought you should be the um, the next Alec Trebek were clearly wrong. You have no idea how to be a host of a game show. You've got to acknowledge when somebody gets it right. And here's, I mean, I bet our it, producer is astounded that I knew those two things. Now, maybe he knew them. He's a sports junkie, so he he, I, he made. No, I, gar- I, I guarantee you, he didn't know either. So, um, Huey, did you know? But and by the way, I, I I did get a letter back about hosting Jeopardy, and that apparently they weren't interested. They weren't what? Interested. <laughs> really shocking. Yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> I thought I, I would be pretty good. No, you'd be horrible. Well, yeah, actually, that, that's what my wife said. She says, you'd be so stupid doing it. You'd answer the question first. <laughs> and you'd try to hit the buzzer yourself. 
they'd have to put a little stand behind the dais there so you could see over the podium. Oh, oh now that is hey, you that is hurtful. Just because you you got the two part oh. trivia question that was so good, you know, that and, you and didn't now even you're acknowledge. Just, I said red. I acknowledge that you got it right. Well, but you didn't congratulate you me, or you what weren't. Do you, the, you didn't seem prize? the least bit surprised. I think that's pretty good that I pulled those two out of my, you know what, keister. Well, among other things. Oh, well, congratulations! Changing the subject. Can we change the subject? You're, we you're the talk host. About the Super you're, Bowl. You're, you're, you're the host. You know. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Um, Wait, look at it this way, Bob. Why? Look at it this way. Today, I will not jump in and ask an, a last question today. Well, that'll be a first. <laughs> um, a belated congratulations a to uh, Felix Ogier-Aliassime, who actually won his first ten- major tennis tournament. Well, not major, first professional tennis tournament on the weekend. Um beating the Greek boy, Tsitsipas, in the final. And I was, you know, while we were waiting for you, because John, of course, is notoriously late for the show. Hugh, the producer, and I were chatting, and he, Hugh was surprised that Oje Ali Asim had not won. I am too. You didn't know? I thought, no, I, I actually thought, you know, like I mean, they have different levels, the C, C circuit, the, the B circuit. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he had won of one of those lower men's tournaments. First win. Oh, good. Good for him. That's good. Now, he's playing very well. And I actually watched a good chunk of that match. And um, what time was that on? I can't remember. What, what difference does it make? You're, I mean, you're sleeping during the day and awake at night, and you're all over the place. And, and you're focused entirely on, on the Olympics. That's not true. I watched a lot of the golf this weekend. I love the golf. Why weren't you working? Well, because I actually have about two hours off. Oh, well, then you didn't watch that much of the golf. <laughs> In any event. Oh, so anyway, to finish your story about Felix, come on, go ahead. Well, Felix has played well the last while. Played well in Australia. Uh, played well at the U.S. Open. And now wins this. And I would say, I don't know, I haven't seen the rankings and wouldn't bother me, but he is, I hate saying this because it's like the jinx, but he's got a chance to be a top five player in the world. And maybe even So you think he's better than Shapovalov? I do. I think his game is better than Shapovalov's right now. Right now, or can you? Well, see no, that? right now. Can I mean, a year been... ago, I probably would have still said Chapo, but you would because because he, he's had more success. Yeah, but right now, I think um, Oje Aliassim's game is um, is dangerous. I think that the players on the tour look at him and go, "Uh oh, this guy can play." Um. Strong serve. I mean, he's not the biggest server, but he's very strong. I, you know, top 10, 15% in the world, maybe. Um, he's so long, huh? That's why they're. Yeah. <laughs> now he, he'll put your feet to sleep waiting for him to for his first serve. He is so slow. Oh my God. You could read war and peace between, you know, waiting for him to serve. And I hate that about him, and but it seems to work for him. So, you know, I'm not going to bitch and complain. I think it's but a I tactic. Think he's, hmm? Do you him. think it's a tactic? No. You just think that this is the way he's been coached, and this is what he does, and yep. And I think he's cut. This is how he's comfortable. This is how he gets his head together. And look at it's obviously working. Um, and I, you know, they always say in an, in an individual sport like golf or tennis, especially that winning the first one's the toughest. And once you win the first one, um, you gain a level of confidence that takes a long time to dissipate. Doesn't mean it can't, if you don't win another one in an extended period of time, the memories of that first one and how you did it and how you felt would become irrelevant, but. Um, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to be um, 
well, the best male player ever in this country. And I guess Raonic would be the best so far, right? Um, Has Raonic retired, guess, yeah. by the way? Well, I was going to ask you, where is he? <laughs> well, he, I mean, injuries have been the story with him, yeah. as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, not about his body's just not conducive to the lower body, particularly those, you know, those legs, it's just not conducive to be a tennis player, is he really? Well, honestly, and I mean, I admire, um, you know, what he did. He had, a, you know, if, if it's over for him, he had a tremendous career. Yeah. And certainly put, um, he, he more than anybody else put Canada on the tennis map. Um, but he didn't have the all round game. He had that overwhelming serve and that was his signature. Um, his ground strokes were subpar. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, no excuse. It's just the way it was. And what I like about OJ Ali Asim is he has a well-rounded game. He can beat you in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, you know, he, he, his backhand isn't, I'm sure, as good as he would like it to be. But he's smart, plays the game smart, serves well. I, I like his game. In any event, congrats to him. Before we uh, pass on tennis. Um, yes. Do you think do you think the Shapovalov, I'm going to call them antics at the Australian Open, has hurt his perception, his public perception? No, I think most people will have forgotten it. You do, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, it did in the moment. Did it bother you? Yeah, I think I don't think he was wrong. No. In bitching and complaining. Uh, so I didn't. I wasn't overtly critical of why he was complaining just that the sport generally tends to look down its nose on whiners and complainers we did the same thing in the 70s with connors and then with mcenroe and nastasi and there were other guys Uh, you know that was the era of complaining Right, yeah, and 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 the and the the ones that elevated themselves. Look at you know, it was Bjorn Borg never said a word. Uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, you know, Roger Federer for the last Federer, twenty-five yeah, years hasn't never, st- hasn't said complains. very much of of anything of negative, has he? Agassi was not a complainer. You know, I mean, but there's another factor in here. Like, so let me ask you this question. Are we ever going to see line judges in tennis again? And do we need them? Tennis has done a better job of technology than any other sport. Agreed. Any other sport. Uh, the British system called Hawkeye has been remarkable. Uh, and I don't think there is, other than the tradition that we have seen, particularly at the, the, you know, the French Open and Wimbledon and, and the majors, Obviously not in Australia this year, but uh, the, the, the older majors, uh, I don't think there's a need for them. And I, I think in the end, it's going to be a huge advantage for the sport. I really do. Well, and that speaks, I think, too, to the argumentativeness of the players. Can't argue with that machine. Right, right. And it's line calls as often as not that get players pissed off. You know, and um, now you don't need line judges anymore. You, yeah. I, I, I thought I was really uncomfortable when I watched my first couple of tournaments without line judges. Now, who cares? Yeah, the 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 two things that they have done so well in tennis, Hawkeye obviously is the first thing. The second thing is they have allowed the technology to be seen in the stadium. So that the the fan, when when the player appeals, the fan can see the ruling at the exact same time. And that is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, so much of what we see in other sports, you know, whether it be the NFL or or whether we or it's the NHL or the even the, the NBA that have video review, it's always cloak and dagger. Yeah. You know, put them under well, a hood. Put them yeah, under they don't, a hood. They don't want to show it in case they get criticized. Yeah. Um, and uh it really has, in my mind, I think, made tennis that much more 
understandable for many people and 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 less and and, and the the real belief bob that there's no human error that they trust the machine they believe in the machine machine and and that works when i was at the nhl in new york um we brought the hawkeye people in to uh, to talk about creating a video review system for the puck on the on the line uh they, they were brilliant the goal line right the goal line, yeah. yeah, they were brilliant people, and they they explained it. And they showed us what they could do. Um, the problem is, it's optical, and so, in other words, the cameras and the technology have to see the ball in the line at all times. Well, as soon as you put a glove or a body or a, or a skate over top of the puck, you would not see the line. So it it uh, it, it would not work. help you. It wouldn't work, but they, I, I, it, we, we had five or six companies come in uh, to do this type of thing for the goal line. Uh, and I was more fascinated with the Hawkeye people. They were, and they were, you know, the background of Hawkeye is it, it came out of uh, uh, British engineering companies that had worked with the RAF and worked with the British army and British military and, and uh, MI5 and all these people. And, and they took this technology and, and, applied it to tennis and it uh, it really did uh, it really was fascinating to watch and and the other thing bob accepted within the sport lots of sports go to video review and there's always a coach that's bitching and complaining or somebody in management or, or even the fans but tennis has accepted it so well tennis has believed in it so much that now it's part of the game it's part of a match and that to me is almost as important as the actual technology itself, because there's nobody really complaining about technology in tennis. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I would like to see, excuse me, <coughs> line judges eliminated. Um, but you don't need them. You yeah. have the technology. You can show it to the people. The players seem to accept it. I don't see any reason for them to... Um, to come back and it'll be intriguing because generally speaking line judges are tennis players and some of them are young tennis players mm -hmm. and that's a big thrill for them and um no not well, let me a, ask you this not at a major tournament but at a, at a, in a on a local level and to eliminate that is um not desirable but I don't. I don't, the game, I don't think. Wim, I don't. I don't think Wimbledon will ever eliminate them. Do you? Well, <laughs> the tournament that still makes you wear white. Yeah. And everybody uh, and all the and all the uh, the ball boys and or they have to wear the purple and green. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I and I mean I'm, I, I think I, you're I, probably I shocked. You know I think you're probably right. The British are very traditional when it comes to golf and tennis. Mm -hmm. and they are not inclined to change. Um, and they almost need or require extraneous influence in order for them to change. I don't know if you can, you remember when the British opened the golf championship ended on Saturday? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, ended on Saturday. Cause you well, know, didn't play golf on Sunday. So when, when you and I were children, black and white television, the British played with a different size golf ball. I played with the British ball. You did? Yeah. yeah. Was it, was it, it was always the Dunlop ball, right? The Dunlop 500. Well, I guess that was probably the most popular at the time, but I mean, there were all kinds of companies that made yeah. British size golf ball. It was slightly smaller than the, um, right. than yeah. the, um, the ball, the rest of the world used specifically North America. Yeah. Used. And I hit it and I couldn't tell the difference. Right. I don't know whether it went farther. Didn't go as far. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell any difference. Yeah. And well, it was a days, little unusual. <laughs> it was a little unusual when you, when you put your club behind the, the a British ball, because you got, and maybe it's cause I knew, but you got the sense, boy, this is really a small golf ball. Five minutes later, yeah. couldn't tell the difference, you know? So anyway, we have a whole bunch of other stuff to discuss.
Well, if you would, if you would hopefully you'll be a little on. less verbose and maybe keep us well, on course I, a little bit better. I was just worried about, I, I don't want you to talk too much. I'm worried about your voice. Oh, I'm hanging in. Yeah, I may sound, cough again, but you, you sound, you sound better today than you did yesterday. Yeah. We'll just wait with uh, John Shannon, Bob McCallum. We'll come back with more after these messages. Uh, so Mr. Shannon, we're back by the way. Uh, Mr. Shannon uh, spends his days these days uh, working for the um, National Broadcast Corporation, better known as CBC. Um, I'm helping out. Consuming uh, our taxpayers' dollars. And um, now what are you producing exactly? I'm not a producer. What are you? Yeah, are you ready? Which is a which is a question I've wanted to ask you for about <laughs> twenty years. What the hell are you? Are you ready for this title? Oh, I don't need a title. Just tell me the job. What do you do? I'm the managing editor. Of so you don't do a thing. <laughs> you don't do anything. No, I I, I keep everybody. I, I, I have worked lines. with managing editors for years and years and years. Yeah. Never yeah. did a damn thing. Nothing I useful mean, anyway. Uh, I am in uh, in charge of making coffee. I get the snacks. Uh, well, that's pretty I, dangerous because there's a, there's great risk that they'll all be eaten by you between the store and wherever you're going. Oh man! Oh man! Oh, am I lying? Smokes. Am I lying? No, you might have a point there. Um, we've seen no, you I'm, nibbling. I'm, we've seen you nibbling on this show. When no, you're yeah, at no, you when have. you're at no. home. Come digging on. into what is it? Smarties, M and M's, M and M's. I have a bowl of M and M's beside my desk. Yeah, I do. So I love M and M's. Like you're you? a drug addict. What? We should we should get them as a sponsor. M and M's. Oh, That'd be a great ahead. sponsor. I need them. And of course you would. Just as well they're not here. But uh, no, I, I'm just helping out uh, the the, uh, the hockey uh, production group uh, with uh, content ideas and philosophy and. Everything like that. Could you get one of them to come on the air with me? And and well, and because I'd like to ask them whether they agree that you're helping them. Well, they're lying right now, and uh, and then on Friday uh, when we're or Saturday when we're finished, they might tell you the truth. Well, <laughs> they're tolerating do- me. They're tolerating me for five more days. Okay. Now you had a but reputation, they- I, and I the, the public should know this. No, oh, no, this is not fair. Well, but you had a reputation. Of being yeah, short-tempered. I'm a hard ass, yeah. Well, are you behaving yourself more these days now that Excellent. you have reached, you know, a certain age? I am. Have you mellowed? Mo- oh, very much so, Bob. So you haven't yelled am, at anybody? Oh no, not one bit. Why would you yell? Doesn't get it. It doesn't help you. Well, but you used to do that. I would only yell if they well, hadn't heard me for the first three times. If on the fourth event that it doesn't occur the way it should occur, the volume might increase. Well, my son, who used to work for you, <laughs> as you know, told me that you scared the crap out of him when you yelled at him one time at Leafs TV. And probably and probably wounded him for life. I want you oh, to yeah, yeah. Okay. He probably has not recovered and will never recover <laughs> from that. Yeah. So in any uh, event, it'll, it'll be in the book. Don't worry. Um, mine or yours. Um, are you writing another book or uh, even worse? Are you just telling Dave Naylor what to say? No. I, well, I, I, I need, cause you didn't write. I mean, you say you wrote that book. You didn't write that book. Naylor wrote the book. I talked the book. Yeah. You talked the book. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I talked, Naylor recorded it, and then he wrote it out. Huh. And then I looked at it and I said, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'd like to do that again. But I need, I need, an, I need a Dave Naylor. Well, I'm looking, I, we've I'm looking for somebody. Should, we've talked about who should write your book. We have. You've forgotten who should write your book. Well, no, tell me. You, uh, can I say the name on the air? Well, I don't see why not. I mean, there's... Okay. I, I I think I think Friedman would do a great job of writing your book. Well, I talked to him about it. He, oh, he so he, you have talked about. It. I have I've I've talked to Elliot about it. Yeah, 
Elliot's he, a good writer and he understands the business and he would put it in terms that uh, would make it entertaining. And, uh, well, I, and I, I don't have some good stories. You should you, tell that you should get him to finish it. You recommended him to me. And I said, that's I a did. great idea. And I called him and, or texted him or whatever. And he said he had interest. And then I didn't hear from him again. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll phone him. Well, gee, that'd be great. Like, well, because <laughs> I couldn't phone him, <laughs> but thank you, John. Bob, can, we get, all the help. can we move on to other things? For God's sake, you have hijacked this entire conversation and made it about nonsensical crap. Are we you have mad? to put some substance into this. Men's hockey, which you are, have some involvement in. Yes, I do. Apparently, you get coffee and M&Ms and don't yes. yell at anybody. And your nope, contribution no. is negligible but nonetheless oh, and it, tell you what the contributions the coffee the candy greatly appreciated well i'm sure that uh, and they and when they went looking for somebody to do those things they said well let's get john shannon and put him up in a swanky hotel in downtown toronto for 20 days yeah and pay all his expenses and then some yep. exorbitant salary rather than some schlep off the street who could use a few bucks and you don't need a whole lot of talent to get coffee and, and M&Ms. Well, you know, Healy likes double-doubles. Oh, what, what a challenge for you then, huh? <laughs> I, oh can remember the first I can remember the first double. It's the it's second, the second double. double I've <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I should tell you this. Okay. You know what goes better than coffee with M&Ms? Bailey's. Chardonnay. Hold I on. used to serve Chardonnay no, 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 and Smarties. No, no. Oh, okay. Which is and Smarties are more or less M and M's. I mean, you know, no, no, uh, more or less. <laughs> Come on. Well, not the not pe the peanut M and M's. You don't need the peanut M and M's, do you? Peanut M and M's are the best. No, no, I eat the regular M and M's, which are basically no, I, Smarties. I, 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 my that whole jar beside my uh, apparatus at home is a uh, is peanut M and M's. Try try Chardonnay with the with your M and M's. Really, swear to God. Okay. Uh, Canada. Any versus... any particularly brand of Chardonnay that I should be trying? Well, yes, of course. Mind Stony Ridge <laughs> Estate Winery. Hey hey, Chardonnay. buy some time, man. Buy some time. I just did. <laughs> You're lucky I don't hold up a bottle. Wait a second, I do. I actually have one. <laughs> oh, what a shock! Uh, Canada, Sweden in the semifinal for men's hockey. No, no quarter, quarterfinal. Quarter. Is it just the quarterfinal? Yeah, tomorrow's the quarterfinal. Yeah. When's the semifinal? After the quarterfinal. Duh. Friday, I think. Yeah, they all the days are all running together. I think Friday. There's still eight teams left in this thing. Yeah. You ready? Okay. United States plays Slovakia. The Russian Olympic Committee plays, oh gosh, oh, Denmark. And then it's uh, Finland versus Switzerland and then Canada, Sweden. Those are the eight teams left in, on the men's side. Women's done. Women's done. We got, women are ready to go, but, but we still have eight men's teams because they, they needed to draw the tournament out. Uh, Canada beat China 7-2 to get to this quarterfinal. Yep. Yes, they did. Um, China is only in this tournament because they're the host. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. They're like the, the last ranked hockey playing nation in the world. They're 32nd. Yeah. Out of 32, essentially. No, there's about 60, but that's okay. They're 32nd. Really? Yeah. Who can China beat? Um, Who is not as good as China? Australia. Australia is not as good yeah. as China. No. Well, they're busy. But here's the thing things. with here's yeah, well, they're surfing. Uh, here's the thing about China. China's team, predominantly, I think there's twelve uh, North American kids, ten Canadians, two Americans. Yeah, they're all. I was going to say they're all Canadians. Yeah, uh, there, there's some great stories. I mean, uh, of, of young guys who had you know pretty good careers in junior hockey, minor pro hockey that have played the last two years in, uh, in Beijing for the KHL team there. 
And part of the deal was if you stayed for two years, yeah, you get to play. We will give you a Chinese. We no, we, we yeah, we will give you a Chinese passport, and then you can right. play in the Olympics. So that was that's what's happened. Teams coached by a guy from Toronto, uh, and uh, well, I'll see. Uh, there you go. Now you know. So it's Canada one versus Canada two. Well, and the, but they only yeah, won just, seven to two. Which you know, if look at if the NHL players had gone, fifteen that game nothing. was thirty to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, would have been the uh, it's. But I'll tell you what the 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 Chinese gave the Germans a scare. Germans were the bronze, me- uh, the silver medalists uh, four years ago. Well, Basically, okay, but that was in the round robin, and and I mean, I think you look past China, and I mean, I I forgive the Germans for that. This is this is a game that Canada had to win. Yes, and, and it was there was there was no doubt. It, oh, a little scary yeah, at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, what it did prove is that we finally found a goaltender for Canada. It's Matt Tompkins out of Edmonton is uh Well, you shouldn't have needed a goaltender. Goalie. You could you, you, all, all you really should have needed was a was a a, a a wine barrel. Just something to stick in the middle. A, a, a tutor shooter? Well, you shouldn't have needed one. You know, you oh, shouldn't that, have, it, the, the Chinese shouldn't have got off more than five shots the whole game. Yeah, the, listen, the, the, those 10 or 12 North American kids were pretty pretty good well god bless them yeah and they're making they're professional hockey players too so you know it's not as if that they are uh, they you know they're skating on their ankles that have and are trying to swing a, a hockey stick like a golf club i mean you know they're professional athletes man come on but you like canada over sweden now is just you just being i think it's or? no i no i i think it's am i being over a little bit yeah but I think it's possible. I I think, in fact, I think well, possible. Uh, possible is different. You said at the beginning of the show that 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 you like Canada over Sweden. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I think well, that I think they 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 will win. You know, the uh, the Swedish team has been a dis- bit of a disappointment, um, and there's a you know there's a bit of controversy back in in Sweden about how the team was picked after the NHLers weren't allowed to go. You know, because the fascination, Bob, is that, um, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of NHL talent has affected almost every team in the tournament to get here. Well, sure. Not just Canada, not just the United States, but the Finns aren't, uh, aren't as deep. Uh, Sweden's not as deep. Certain, really, the only team in many ways that hasn't been affected that much Russia. is the Russians. You know, there would have been Alex Ovechkin play. Oh yeah, there would. Uh, oh yeah, and, there would have been more than a more than a few. And, and Kucherov, if he was healthy, you know, because you never know with Tampa's salary cap, he might they might have to keep him on LTIR until the Stanley Cup final. Um, you know, there's but really the the least affected team in all of this was the Russians, uh, who can't be called the Russians. So I should watch myself. They're called the. You can Russian call them whatever Olympic you want Committee. on this show. Yeah. We are not okay. subject to the any Russian. IOC or. Well, no, I don't want to get a lawsuit from the IOC, so. I don't. They're they're a vigilant group. But uh, the, Where, but, the, but well, the others. Wait a second. The athletes who represent the what is it? ROC, Russian oh. Olympic Committee. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. do they live? Uh, last I checked, they live in Russia. What are they? Who who are they? Of what country are they citizens? I think they're citizens of Russia. And so, therefore, they are Russians. Russians. Yeah. And that's what I said. Wow. Period. End of story. That's amazing. I didn't lie. No. Bring on the lawsuit. So, the, so this, this, bring it on. This is, uh, you know, since 1992, they have had, I think the countries uh, or the, the athletes, I think by my count, have had five different names to play in the Olympics. No, actually 88. Because in, in 1988, they were the last team to have CCCP on their sweaters. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Then we went to the unified team. Then they went to be called Russia. Uh, and then we've had the last two years, they be, the last two games, they've been the Olympic athletes of Russia. And that wasn't punishment enough. And now they're called the Russian Olympic Committee. So how long how long are they going to be encumbered by all these goofy names? When are they just going to let them be Russia? Either that or well, kick them out. It is a stupid IOC. Well, but but, what but a this bunch you of know babies. This is part and parcel, Bob. Of uh, you, we discussed it 
one day this week about the, the little Russian figure skater, right? So she's actually going to be allowed to compete. In fact, did compete this morning. Yeah. Uh, but they will not. They they won't will give not, her the medal if she wins. Won't one. Get, well, if she wins. And so what? The, no, they won't have a ceremony at all. So well, that's what I mean. People, that's the other I mean. two people on the podium won't get to celebrate either. I mean, it's, it's the IOC. Ridiculous. I know. They're a bunch of dimwits. What they're going to do is a they're going to. If you see, if you go to the Olympic Games and you see somebody walking around with a with a mirror in their hand, looking at themselves, it's an IOC member because that's all they care about is themselves, and they they're a bunch of power hungry nitwits. Yeah. So oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, I mean. And you were, you're still mad that when you went to figure skating that night uh, out at the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, that you had to go through the big security lines and the IOC guys could just go in the back door. Yeah, but we got them back. We, we crashed one of their parties. <laughs> now, have you told anybody that, part, that story recently? It's one of the great stories of all time, really. I all tell right, it all the time. I tell you? it all the time. Oh, yeah. Because it's fun. When you think about it, there's, there you are, Bob Accounts, like sitting there having like. It, we're in Vancouver. John and I are in Vancouver, and, and we're doing the radio show. And and there's police from like every five feet. There's a policeman yeah. in uniform <laughs> from somewhere from sea to shining sea. There were police That's officers a- from the north, the east, yeah. the middle of the yeah. country, everywhere. Uh, they John did a better job. More- they, did, they did a better job with the police in Vancouver at the Olympics than they did in Ottawa and at the Ambassador Bridge. So, Excuse me, but no shit, Sherlock. I mean, <laughs> now, it, 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 it was actually very nice because, you know, we would walk to our location, um, usually separately, but occasionally together. And uh, Well, the, your limo would go by. Every five feet. I, hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? How are you? How are you? And it was all police officers. Yeah. They couldn't well, have been that, nicer. That, that female officer from Ottawa really liked you. She did. She really liked you. Yeah. Did you, did you get her phone number? Do I have event, to get phone numbers for you now? Well, what else? Are you I mean, for? I gave you Friedman's phone number. If and you're going to be a wingman. <laughs> if you're going to be a wingman, look after the center. Uh, oh my God. So, so police officers everywhere, security airtight. You can't get anywhere at the Olympics nope. if you're not supposed to be there. And even when you're supposed to be there, you got to show them everything except your firstborn male, male child. That's right. I had at least five badges around my neck at all times. You, you, looked, you looked official Olympic, what you did. You looked official Olympic, plus your jacket, your, your, your consortium jacket. Yeah. So Shannon announces one day. Day before the game start. Was it the day before? Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. He says, come with me. We're going to a party. <laughs> and I said, what party are we going to? I said, I didn't get invited to the party. He said, neither did I. <laughs> so to finish the story. So we, uh, we walked from our hotel um, down to uh, Molson Hockey House that our buddy Pat McElhaney built. And uh, there's a giant group of people there, 50 to 60 people that are meeting, and it's the National Hockey League brass, Bill Daly's there. It's the International Ice Hockey Federation brass, Rene Fussell's there, all their corporate partners. And they're, they're sitting down at tables in Molson Hockey House to have a, a special lunch because it's Rene Fussell's birthday. And they have a special guest in the incoming, 10 security guards, Jacques Roga who is the president of the IOC. Yeah. So I said, come on, we're going for lunch. He said, Bob, she says, we can't go in there. She says, come on, we're going in. There we do. We walk right in. We shake hands. We kiss babies. We sit at a table at the back. They serve us turtle soup. And we got a gift. Remember the gift we got? Yeah. We got the cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> we were treated like just a, a member of the IIHF delegation for the whole afternoon. And everybody came by and said, Hello. And it was a glorious way to start the Olympics, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It was really quite unbelievable, to tell you the honest <laughs> goodness truth. I, I'm not inclined to do that kind of thing. And you dragged me sort of kicking and screaming. 
And I knew, I knew the, I knew the instant we did it. Within about four days, you would be regaling people on the air of the story about how you had lunch with Jacques Rogan. We did. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) That's one of my favorite stories. I've told it twice this week. Well, and we, we, we said hello to everybody and, you know. Just we just acted like we were supposed to be there, and even people that knew us didn't seem to be surprised that we were there. One of my favorite people was at the like there was no media there, right? No, no, no. It was a private party. Private party. Like this is not open. No, no other media there. Nobody. One of my one of my favorite people in the world was sitting at a table about two away from us. His name is Shotamita. He is the uh, president of the Japanese Ice Hockey Federation. <laughs> and he, he walks in and he sees me and he says, hey, hi, hi, John, how are you doing? You know, good to see you. And life goes on. It was, it was Pretend you belong. Pretend you belong. I got taught that by uh, uh, a, a, a newsman at CFRB when I started. A guy named Eric Thorson who used to do the 11 o'clock well, news every Eric night Thorson, in Toronto. Yeah. And his, we, his nickname for us was Papa, Papa Thorson. And he would t- turn to me, he says, John, whatever you do, wherever you go, if you're a reporter, just wear a nice blazer, pair of gray slacks, and walk like a cop, and they won't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. Well, we, let's go. Let's we're, go. We're running out of time. No. Well, quickly, uh, Canada, U.S. women. Um, yes. Any chance Canada loses this? They shouldn't. Yes. Yes, they, they, there's a chance. There's a chance. The, the American veteran players, Hillary Knight's really good. I, th- I think to me, the biggest question uh, on the Canadian team for the women is, her name is Anne-Renée Debien, and she's the goaltender. Um, she actually uh, quit the program in 2018 after the last Olympics, went back to school, became an accountant, and then about 18 months later said, you know what, I missed the game, I want to play in the game. She's rekindled her career, won the world championships in August in Calgary, is whether she can make a difference in the gold medal game. I think, can it, I think offensively we're a better team. We're a deeper team. The question is, is, is will the Americans give her enough fits uh, to, uh, to cause a problem for Canadian goaltending? That's the only thing I think that's a problem for the women uh, in the gold medal game. Here's an impossible question to answer, I suppose, but could this be the best Canadian women's team ever? We, we, we've had this discussion because um, uh, Cheryl Pounder, who's, uh, who's working with us, uh, was on the 2006 team in Torino. And that has always been viewed as the best Canadian team of all time. Uh, she obviously was on it. She's got the gold medal from it. And so she says, yes, that's the better team. But I'll tell you what, Bob, this team is deep. There are young players on this, this, this young uh, Claire Thompson, the defenseman, Sarah Fillier, who's from Georgetown. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, they have created a new dimension uh, of four lines. And, and the difference in the end might be Shannon Zabados was the goalie in, in uh, no, it wasn't Shan- Shannon Zabados. It was, uh, she, Shannon came in 2010, was the, is the difference in goaltending. But if Canada wins the gold medal, uh, I think the debate will be really, really valid that this is the deepest and best team in the history of Canadian women's hockey. Well, and the answer probably won't come for a few years down the road because um, right. that's usually how this works. you got to accomplish something over some period of time. And this team has really just reemerged uh, as, um, I, I, I as do being have some better than the U.S. For, now. I, I, I do have some concerns about women's hockey because the rest of the world is improving. Yes, you know, Switzerland's is. getting better. Finland's getting better. Sweden's getting better. But Canada and the United States are, are growing and, and improving exponentially. Bob. Yeah. Exponentially. You're not wrong. Um, and Rosie, and Rosie D'Amato, who, uh, you know, has, you know, twice in 10 years written the same article that women's hockey shouldn't be in the Olympics. There's a little bit of truth to the fact that there really are only two women's teams in the tournament. And it's really, re- I mean, I love women's hockey. And it's been, it's been fun to be a part of in, in four or five Olympics. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm always concerned that the other teams aren't good enough. And it's that, that issues, I don't know what's going to have to happen for that issue not to be discussed at some point on an international level. Well, perhaps we will discuss it, but we won't do it today because we have no more time. we got to take a break oh. and we'll come back and wrap it up after these messages. 
Uh, we're back to wrap it. This is usually where I thank the guest, but we didn't have one. So you're welcome. Okay. Thank you, John. No, Bob. Thank you for putting the show on your back and carrying it all the way to the finish line. Now, Last place, sure mind you, that. but you did carry it there. <laughs> well, I a couple might be of quick things. The, I might be ahead of the Chinese hockey team. Then that's okay. Um, what happened? What's happened to men's to uh, Canadian curling? Oh, we used to great question. We used to dominate like yeah. crazy, and now we can't beat anybody. We have exported our talent with coaching. We have exported our talent with coaching. Well, you know, Edmonton. Edmonton is the is the curling capital of the world with all the teams that get coached by Edmontonians and and actually train in Edmonton over the winter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at John Morris. He lost to the Australians. Guess who coached and and, and was the consultant to Australian uh, tennis? John, <laughs> he was so well, but that was know, in the, the mixed thing, right? Which, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It should I mean, be canceled the, anyway. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. No, no, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, NBC Enough. is gonna demand more mixed curling like that and more, no, uni, more Unibob, more Unibob. No, there's, there's gonna be, I told you yesterday, the next thing is no Bob. <laughs> You, you just you push the machine. You, you push the sled down the the run. Nobody gets in. Remote controlled bobsled. Uh, Jack Eichel make his debut for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights against uh, Colorado tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. And well, here's the other thing: is they had to put Mark Stone on long term injury reserve to make it happen, and so the that so that's at least seven days. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon and George, our buddy George, still have an issue about long-term, what are they going to have to do for, for Eichel and Stone to be on the ice at the same time cap because wise. of their salary cap, salary cap issues? Yeah. yeah. Uh, congrats to Marner, who got his 400th career point and is playing great. Raptors got yep. slaughtered in uh, New Orleans. Uh, and that's about it. We'll, okay. um, we'll see if we can scrounge up a guest tomorrow. No, we have a guest tomorrow. Would you like to tell Mr. him? Mr. John Paul Morosi. There you to go. Talk baseball tomorrow because spring training pitchers and catchers reported. Oh no, they didn't. They didn't. No, they don't. And we don't know when. Yeah. In fact, we don't know even if. But we'll address all that tomorrow. Until then. Mm-hmm.